nostalgia, memories, growing up in Central Florida in the 1990s. What a bunch of sappy crap. It's the Sappy Crap Podcast. Starring Steve Bauman and Jarman Day. Wow, it's been a long time since I've heard that. <laughs> Welcome to the Sappy Crap Podcast, where we are here to tell stories only two best buds can. That's right. And we're and back uh, discussing a big deal. Is this 42 or 43? I don't remember. 42. 42, because we cut off at 40, and then we, these, we do special episodes occasionally. And what a great episode number, the answer to the universe and everything. I'm not going to lie. We lie about a lot of our episodes being special on a lot of our shows, but this one I feel like is. It is. Because we're going to record a moment in time that just happened. So I think we have an opportunity to really encapsulate your wedding. That's true. Well, it's in fresh in my mind. Fresh in that in 20 years, you and Jolie will be able to listen to on an anniversary mm. and relive. I'll force her to sit through it to, to remember I'll all this. I'll be too tired to fight you. Yeah, we'll both be too tired. I'm just kidding. She'll never be too tired to fight you. <laughs> uh, so we kind of divvied this up into little sections right before we started. So let's talk about the days before the wedding. Yes. So I got into town on Monday. I was basically wasted because I got up at 3.15 to get on a 5.45 flight. In Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. Got in, had to deal with rent-a-car stuff, drop off. And by that time, it was like 9 or 10 a.m. Hung out. Jarman and I got to go to lunch. Yeah. Which was good. And then that I just went and slept and or like was asleep and then was up at terrible times. So Tuesday, I was ready to rock. But you were staying in a nice little Airbnb here right near yeah, my house. Lovely Airbnb. Yeah, like a four-minute drive from your house, maybe less. <laughs> Worked out well. It did. Um, so then Tuesday, did was that trivia night or no? That was Wednesday. Well, no, and, and before this even happened. So oh, yeah, tell me before. Before Steve even gets in town, basically Jolie and I are getting the last-minute preparations, trying to contact every single vendor possible to make sure everything's in, you know, in lockstep and when people need to get paid, like the caterer and the photographer and the DJ and all this stuff for this venue and who, who needs to pay what. And uh, we're making centerpieces. So we had, we'll have eventually have pictures. They still haven't come yet, but uh, photos of each centerpiece basically are different nerdy themes that we're going to have at the wedding, which we'll talk about later. But we were building these things and putting, making bottles that had lights in them. We had to take the labels off wine bottles and then put you know lights in them and decorate them. So that's all going on, trying to contact family, trying to figure out who's coming. Um, and then Steven comes in and I get a little break for like two hours to go to to lunch with him at this yeah. little pub nearby. Uh, and then he gets to go home and sleep and I'm still doing prep stuff that whole day. And then we get to Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, then Tuesday happened. Was that trivia or was that Wednesday? Wednesday was I trivia. So I don't know what we did Tuesday. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> you i must have yeah you did i i maybe came over and helped with centerpieces at some point and yes. then we did driving around i think you and i may have gone to men's warehouse that might have been the men's warehouse day so we go to get our rental tuxes or rent tuxes suits and that's yeah. when our buddy patrick comes into town my other groomsman who was on the show a long time ago and i play games with them every sunday um he came met up when they steve and him haven't seen each other in how long 17 years, 18 years, 17 years. That is ridiculous. More in that range. And he had been driving ridiculous amount and he from Tallahassee with his kids and dropped them off at Vero beach. And he got out of the car all sweaty and he was just gave us both a big bear hug and <laughs> we got the suits already. <laughs> yeah. So we got our suits taken care of. Uh, we did a trivia night where we came in second. That's right. And what an upset the old folks team who is in seventh the entire time came back to clutch the win on the last question because they were the only ones alive and conscious dur during the time frame the question was asked. <laughs> and they're probably just older Gen Xers, but they were just like the right age to get those I don't know. They were 10 to 15 years older. They might have been young boomers, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. young boomers. Uh, it was it was something. And we had my stepbrother and his wife there joining us, which was fun. Yeah, and I got to see Peter for the first time in a very long time. I got to see, oh, I'm blanking out her name. What a dick. Oh, Katie. 
uh, I got to see Katie again, which was crazy because last time I met her was the first time that Peter brought her to meet your family. Oh, wow. And her being very quiet and like kind of stayed in the back. Now she's very talkative and she, oh, yeah. she, te- she, she commands that whole family, my stepbrother and his kids. And uh, after that, we went to a nearby bar and did karaoke. <laughs> That's right. By accident. Like we didn't go to go to a karaoke bar. That's right. We're trying to go to this we wine bar. Place and they had the karaoke that night. And John and I got to sing uh, Gaston, which was our, our duet in high school. And it was, we're still very good. <laughs> There's videos of it online at this I point. I struggled with some of the lyrics. And, you know, so there are times I'd really drop out hard, but otherwise. <laughs> but it was because Jolie wanted to go to this wine store or wine bar that was in Winter Park, this other area of New Orleans. Two for one ladies night. But the wine bar, this two for one ladies night was packed with college kids. And all it was just like, it looked so miserable in there. So her and Katie went in while me, you and Peter found a bar nearby and it happened to have karaoke. So we're like, yeah, oh, we're going to stay and do this. <laughs> so uh, that worked out and well. And then the next day was the day of your bachelor party. That's right. And we showed up at your place. I don't know, like noonish. A very, it's, it was a very uh, people in their 30s bachelor party that I loved. <laughs> uh, and then we took an Uber to that Mongolian barbecue place. What was it called? Mongolorian. Mongolorian, which was very new age and interesting. You go up and t- and do touch screens and just do different combos, and they submit it to the kitchen. You don't really talk to anybody. You get some nice, like... It was uh, very efficient. Yeah. Very good. Mongolian barbecue food is fantastic. And my, I got the two spicy noodles. That was my mistake. <laughs> uh, and then from there, we went to a bar uh, on... It towards downtown Orlando. We got there. It was closed. So we walked down to another bar that was close by. Yes, the Harp and Kelt, the nice little uh, pub. And we played a few games. We played Sushi Go and one other I'm not remembering. And oh, had yeah. some drinks. And then Patrick said, look, the escape room's only three quarters of a mile away. We should just walk it. And we <laughs> were all drunk enough to say yes. At that point. <laughs> it was we all so- had enough to drink okay so hot outside and so we walk we were just all blistering by the time we get there in the florida heat and then we do the escape room and i'm gonna say we rock that escape room yes it was a great escape room and it was the like the great orlando escape room or something like that and it was all based off of um houdini and his ghost houdini. and so we were trying to find clues and it was all looked like houdini's a <laughs> like 19 like 20s uh hotel it was all set up with that with great scenic design and the host of the of the um the escape room was super funny and stayed in character the whole time and we not we, only that i feel like we genuinely all worked together we did we all different like roles. really well and we nobody really got tense with each other at any point that i remember and no. everyone was always working to find thing and then when someone would finish they'd go and help the next person be a second set of eyes so yeah we just like locusted through this thing Whereas I went with my family one time and it was, it was miserable. Everyone was yelling at each other and getting in fights and stuff. And I was like, oh God, this is miserable. And I love my family, but they just, we don't work well together as a team because we were all like competing for different kinds of things and not working together. But then us, we did it very well. My sister and we you and Patrick, it. and it was just all the four of us and we re-rocked it. Patrick got some really good hands-on ones. I think we all, you, the three of us were just lost on one or two of them. Patrick just walked up and just like, like a puzzle, just played with it until something fit. Yeah, a mechanical mind of his. Right, right, right. Like just that physical mechanic that I, would, that I would be like, nah, I don't understand. Just walk away. <laughs> And Ashley was being her teacher self. She used her teacher voice a few times like, okay, what are we doing next, guys? Like that kind of thing. And it it worked out well. I think it was really fun. It was great. And then from there, we went to another. I have a story. So we went from there. There's this. We didn't know we're going to be in this area necessarily because I didn't know where the place was that you were taking me to. And so there was a great bar across the street. That's like a speakeasy. And you kind of go in through this weird elevator if you talk to the guy right and you go upstairs it's really fancy. It was like Hogwarts and there's huge bookcases and everything. And I go to the guy. I look at Steven. I go back to the guy. I'm like, hey, I know you guys have a dress code. Do we all pass the dress code? He's like, well, he, is, he uses a funny accent because he's staying in character. He's like, well, you all do. Except for that guy in the Crocs. He ain't going to make it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> man, Crocs betrayed me. I love how my cargo shorts weren't an issue. Yeah. 
cargo shorts are okay, but not Crocs. Okay. <laughs> so we went across the street to the Harp and Kelt. That's when we went to the Harp and Kelt later, mm-hmm. uh, where they had darts and a nice little pub and kind of hung out. I left because my wife had gotten in, so I went to meet her. That's right. At the Airbnb, and we got ready, and then we came and met you guys for dinner at. What was that pig place? The Ravenous Pig. The Ravenous Pig. And that thing was nutty. Oh, my gosh. It's uh, so a fr- my sister's friend, longtime friend since childhood named Jen, uh, works as a farmer in outside of Orlando. And she makes greens for a lot of the local restaurants like garnishes and herbs and stuff like that. And so one of the restaurants she works with is this Ravenous Pig. And that's kind of Ashley found it. And I knew about it because Jolie and I have gone there for our anniversary once. Because it's very fancy and very expensive. Um, and they serve like southern food and barbecue, but in like the fancy restaurant style. And uh, like they have tartar and they have bone marrow and all sorts of crazy stuff. So she was talking to the owner while she was there because they both know Jen and the, the farmer. And the greens we ate were from her farm. But I had a great time and good, good food. Didn't pay for anything. And the menu even had my name printed on it. Uh, it said, you know, Jarman's bachelor yeah, party. And yeah. I was like, yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> that was great. The food was exceptional. Oh yeah. Um, here's the one thing I'll say. The beer was kind of meh. Oh, like their beer that they brew there. Their beer was kind of meh. Mm, I, didn't, um, I didn't try it. Was, we had the beef tartare and I got a few smaller things and split them and then handed them down the table so that you and Patrick could share. Oh, we appreciate it. It was very tasty. The pork belly so, was delicious. Yeah. The pork belly. The tartar. I think we ordered one other small thing, kind of. And then the owner guy was selling my sister on the their charcuterie board thing. He's like, "Well, you should get this one, the bigger one." So they got the medium sized one, and it was like barely any food for like forty dollars. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. "This isn't going to make it to two people, let alone this whole table of like ten people." Because my stepbrother was there with his wife, and you guys were there. Patrick was there. Um, Ashley and her husband were there, my sister, and it was just like this little charcuterie board for forty bucks. This is ridiculous. <laughs> so, but the food was delicious. It was it didn't hurt me. It was delicious. And then from there we went to Sports Town. Is that right? Well, first we went outside of Ravenous Pig because Ashley, my sister, wanted to do something sentimental. So she had everybody go in a line and say tell stories, tell either an embarrassing or a nice story about Jarman, and it was really cute. Everybody had a little story to tell. Um, it ended up being a lot about me liking women and porn when I was a teenager <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> well, cause Ashley had some like initial details and then I was able to chime in. Cause I was like, Oh, I was there for the porn stuff. Uh, cause we were both looking at it, <laughs> but yeah, then we went over to a place called sports town, which was a, a, a bar that Jolie and I both like. Um, so we finally met up with Jolie and the other girls in her wedding party, her best friend and her sister and a lot of the, anyone was invited who was out from out of town could all come in and it's like a sports bar that has but real like more like actual sports and games like you can play pool there's darts there's uh, the basketball game there's air hockey and some pinball machines and it's it was it's a real hole in the wall but real fun um but it was just a lot of people showed up so a lot of our my friends and stuff from came in, our old friend whitney from high school came by yeah, it was fun to see all those people and meet some of the ants and stuff yeah it was a good time um, uh, and then my favorite two highlights were the vending machine so we there's a mystery vending machine at that place which is a lot of places around orlando have these mystery vending machines and you can get like a bag that says 90s fun and like toys from the 1990s but there was one with porn in it that someone got porn and chicken porn and chicken and what did that have steve and I'm not going to say vintage porn. It certainly wasn't new porn, but it wasn't like classic. No, it was strange. It was like from it the was, early 2000s or something, maybe. All different sorts. And so that's one thing. And at one point, it was all laid out on the pool table. Oh, yeah. I have a photograph of my brother-in-law, Ethan, laying on the pool table next to all the laid out early 2000s right. porn with mostly older women on it. <laughs> it's really <Right>. disturbing. <laughs> uh, and then my other favorite of that night was the guy that came over and kind of cornered the wives. Mm. He was doing like pickup artist stuff. It was weird. And I thought someone knew it. Playing. He was doing engaging stuff. And then he was trying to push one off. At one point he got your sister alone. I remember all three of the husbands just kind of keeping an eye on him. <laughs> he was a little guy too. It wasn't like he was anybody if, imposing. Well, what I was watching for, I was like, if he moves on to like the, the friendly physical touch, mm-hmm. like, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to have to stake claim. 
Yeah, it was your wife, my husband. It was all the wives. My sister and and then Katie, Peter's wife. Ashley, Katie, and my wife. (laughs) Only Jolie was spared his affection. And we were were all kind of watching him. (laughs) He did eventually break off. Yes. Um, so then the, we closed that place down land. basically. Yeah, we did. We, we did. I think we, we closed at two forty five. I think we left at uh, two o'clock. I think we left at one forty five. <laughs> you know, like pretty close. Uh, and then are we, at, we're at the day of the wedding. Then. Well, then we're right? at Friday, which is the Friday. Uh, oh yes. my God. So no, that was a rehearsal dinner. That's where we did the game. No, no, no. Um, that rehearsal dinner was at the, the, um, Irish pub. Right. Right. The what game? What wait, game? wait, wait. What am I remembering? I'm mixing. I'm amalgamating. You things. are amalgamating. I'll talk about this more in a moment, actually. <laughs> uh, so at that point, we had what? The rehearsal? Well, so before the rehearsal at the venue, which was going to be at 4 o'clock, we um, had breakfast that morning, I think, at uh, Christo's. Oh, that's right. Which is the first the first date that Jolie and I went on was a, a greasy spoon diner called Christo's that has great, you know, big portions for cheap money in college park near Orlando. And, uh, but it was kind of a hassle getting there because people were wanting to sit outside and there was too many people to sit inside. It was was so hot hot outside when they were like, do you want to sit outside with us? And I just looked and I was like, no, absolutely not. We'll be the first people inside. (laughs) Yeah. So Jolie and I sat inside, had some good breakfast. Then I think we went back to my place and you guys, you know, helped with more. We, we, I think went back to our Airbnb, got some, that's getting ready done. And then we came over to your place and we helped you, get packed up i think we finished one of the centerpieces yeah because we were basically we got a bunch having of to, boxes loaded in we were running late for our own uh, rehearsal at the venue at four o'clock so you guys are helping us load everything into the car because we had to take everything to venue that needs to be there for the next day and we weren't ready yet so we were putting everything together real fast um and uh so we get to the rehearsal and the two people are there that are kind of helping us coordinate the wedding uh, one of them, she's also our florist as well, and they're a married couple. So there's a guy named Michael and Grizel. They were fantastic the whole time, trying their absolute best with the manage all the crap we had to manage. And uh, so we're about to do our rehearsal for the wedding, which you basically use you walk through, you know, who's going to walk down the aisle when and during what and where you stand and that kind of thing. And Jolie and I realize a little too late that we didn't tell any of our our uh, wedding party where they're going to stand. And who is going to be next to us and that kind of thing and the order of things. So it's just something that slipped our mind with all the craziness and planning. And so we get up to the – we're basically planning the walk up from – doing it backwards. They're, they're starting with us um, at the altar basically where we're going to stand with our officiants there. Our parents are there. The whole family's there. And you guys start walking up and we keep – we start telling them, oh, actually, we don't have a best man or a maid of honor. They're co-best men and Ashley's a best man too and – these the two girls, the sister and the best friend, are just co maids of honor. But then they didn't know where to stand. They're gonna someone, stand on top of each other yeah, in trench coats if they're one person. <laughs> somebody still has to stand <laughs> next to us, and somebody has to have the, the job of handing Jolie the, the train ring, and the train, the the bustle, all that jazz. The and flowers, yeah. So Jolie wanted her best friend to stand next to her, which is actually pretty typical at weddings. Your best friend stands next to you, and siblings don't necessarily get that job most of the time. But I had put my sister next to me. Instead of Steve or Patrick, for two reasons. One, I didn't want to pick between Steve and Patrick because I I was best man at both of their weddings, and so That's I did, right. I also didn't. And also, my sister had been kind of um, slighted at my stepbrother's wedding back in the day, where I was a one of the groomsmen, and she didn't have any job whatsoever at their wedding. So she's always felt slighted by that. So I want to make up for it. And I love my sister, and put her as like the my person right next to me for the wedding. So. But then I didn't realize how the repercussions Plus that would... you knew huh? that Patrick and I are good, understanding people, and we weren't going to start shit. Yeah, exactly. You didn't have to worry about it with us. Even if there was just one of you, and it was just the two of you, yeah, you so would have been pissed off that you weren't next to me for the wedding. You'd be like, it's a sister. Who cares? Yeah, regardless, it's true. Of course I wanted to be the one next to you. So did Patrick. Yeah, exactly. Like, it doesn't matter. Everyone wanted to. <laughs> and I got to avoid all that decision making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but, but poor Jolie, though, that makes it look dip bad on her end because then her sister sees my sister right next to me and then she's not next to Jolie and Pam is the person next to her best friend and so understandably her sister is very upset she's finding this all out right now and we didn't prepare her for this we could have told her this over yeah, a month or plus something. the additional optics of it being your sister also was rough 
Yeah, exactly. Just the so objects of it. that added on. Like if it was one of you guys next to me and her, my sister also uh-huh. towards the end, she'd been like, oh, well, it sucked, but okay, I get it. But we're so, right. It would have been thematically the same. Exactly. Um, and so, but, it, but the problem started, whereas instead of just, you know, internalizing this and being upset about it, maybe addressing this to Jolie later, she decides to speak up at the rehearsal in front of the family that she just met, my family, everyone who's sitting there watching and say how upset she is. This is happening right now. She's like, I'm really upset. You're just bombarding me with this now. I don't get any job whatsoever. I'm your real flesh and blood. I mean, I know she's your best friend. And also the wedding planners are staying right there looking very awkward. Like, what do we do? What do we do? Um, and so Jolie's like, just says, well, listen, Pam is my person. I want her next to me. And that made her, made it kind of worse because then she's like, oh, she's your person. And I'm just nobody. I'm on my view. And so, it was bad on our part for not not preparing her, but also really bad on her part for doing that right in the middle of our rehearsal, upending Trash. everything. Trashy move. Yeah, and so, but then Jolie's mom got very upset that Jolie had done that to her sister, and I was upset because I'm like, why is her mom mad at, at Jolie? She should be mad at the other sister for ruining the the rehearsal. But we somehow got through the rehearsal, and we made it through. It's a good thing that that she is attractive, or I would have been mad. <laughs> <laughs> They're both very pretty. <laughs> I would have been very upset. <laughs> but after some consoling of Jolie, uh, you know, she went to the bathroom to kind of clean up, but she was crying and everything, understandably. And I was consoling her in there and we talked and she talked to her sister a little bit just to get through the rehearsal. We got through it um, well enough where you guys remember where you're supposed to stand and everything, which I appreciate. And apparently you and Patrick yep. had just not really even noticed a lot of the drama that had happened. <laughs> no, Patrick and I were over goofing off and maybe like talking with Scott or something. Somehow. Like we were detached from what was happening. And I only caught wind of it when you like came over to talk with us and kind of joke around. And the sister came up and very serious is like, Jolie needs to see you. And I went, oh, shit. Yeah. Some shit just dropped. <laughs> and so that kind of um, left a shadow over the next couple days of. But it resolved pretty quickly. It did. I mean, like it did the next day before I even had to do anything. Jolie had to get up pretty early to do makeup and stuff with her sister and her mom and Pam. And so they had hours together where they had to spend time together in that one room by themselves. So they definitely talked it over and made it amicable. But um, they still harbor some resentment, all three of them um, against each other. So I'm hoping they work through that. By the time I listen to this 10 years from now, I'm sure it's all fine. And I'm not furious at her sister i'm upset that she couldn't wait till later to talk about it because i get that it's our fault that we did that but i'm just i'm hoping they can resolve it because they should be good sisters and it'll um be fine all right then after that was the was the rehearsal dinner yeah so we went to a pub called uh an irish another pub fiddler's green, fiddler's green which has been there since we were kids and yeah, I, I went there when i was you know 10 or 12 oh yeah and they usually have great yeah. irish bands playing there. actual irish people work there and uh they actually my 10 year high school reunion. They went there. Everyone went there after the reunion to that bar uh, to hang out. And we had the whole back room reserved with a, a fixed menu. And uh, the whole plan was so all family was there. The whole plan was to do a boat tour. That was Jolie's mom's idea. This Winter Park historic boat tour, which is a great fun time. She rented out all the boats for a night tour which is not something they normally do unless you rent it out special. And she had bought champagne for everyone to drink on the boats while we toured around with all the people from out of town, like after the rehearsal dinner, we're going to do that. But in the middle of rehearsal dinner, it starts raining and they have to cancel the boat tour. <laughs> so I couldn't really enjoy the whole rehearsal dinner because I was on my phone a lot of the time trying to message and email everyone who was supposed to meet us there for the boat tour. And it was a lot of people. So I had to send out messages to find their email addresses and text messages. It was a lot. And then instead we went to downtown Winter Park. Mm-hmm. And we went to, I don't remember the first bar. It was kind of, it was too dark and the bartender was in a foul mood. Oh, I don't remember. The one we stayed there. I got to see Rick and Zach for the first time in 17 years. Yeah, these are guys I also play games with on Sundays now. They've joined up with us to to play with us all the time on Sundays. And we went to high school Um, with them and they're in drama with us. Yeah, it was crazy to see both of them. And then from there, we went to Wine Bar. And basically, at some point, everyone dropped out. Except for you and the boys and like, you know, the gang and Jolie. <laughs> yeah. During the night, it was just all the buds and your, and your new to be wife. It was just great. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, it was. That was a good uh, time. 
yeah, we stayed for a long time at that other bar, and I keep forgetting what the name of it was, but uh, and I'll never forget the bartender. He's very pissy. Um, was so because they only had two people on staff, and we brought this whole giant party of people there for like all her aunts and uncles showed up and everything in this little tiny bar. So they were overwhelmed, and I get it. But the I, don't, I didn't think the bartender, the, the waitress had actually written down what I had ordered or actually put it in the computer. But she, so that's why I thought that. So I went to the bar and said, Hey, I need to cash out. Um, and I got these drinks. And he's like, Don't tell me that. Like, I know what order, what you ordered or have your check. Go tell, go talk to the waitress. And I was like, Jesus, okay. I was trying to tell him what I had because I didn't think she'd actually put it in the computer, but he didn't wait for me to explain that. He just like told me right. off. And I was like, Okay, never mind. We're leaving. <laughs> So that was a thing I remember. But yeah, hanging out with uh, the boys, that was that was fun. Went to a wine bar, which was cool with the cards, like vending machines with wine in them. Oh, yeah. And then I got to drink some real good wine. <laughs> it's a good place. It was. And um, then we went home. Yeah. And the, the next, next day, day was the day of the wedding. Mm-hmm. That morning, I got up. I went to Safeway. I had to pick up food that you'd ordered. Oh, yes. I picked up some drinks, various drinks for ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and then went back, grabbed my suit, and then came to the hotel to meet you. Yes, because I was staying at the hotel that night, the Aloft Hotel, Orlando. So and, uh, we went to the boys' room, which was this weird, thin, divided room. The setup was real strange. It was fine, and the and it was nice to have some view. Yeah, it was. It was Patrick's room for the for the stay, and uh, we had that room. Whereas they used the bridal suite that we had, the big old suite for the girls. They used that to get ready. Yeah. It was like a weird U shape. It was funny. Um, but we were there, and then your sister came and met us. Yes. And everyone was, like, working on speeches. Patrick and I went and rehearsed. I worked on my vows. Vows. Um, and then I got times from you. And this is – I'm not saying I'm proud of this, but it was funny how this is how it worked out. Mm-hmm. So I, my goals for that day, like, literally, my two goals, I was like, I will have done my job as a groomsman if I can get him there on time and not drunk. <laughs> truly i was like if i can do those two things i've set them up for success and so at about like three o'clock i got timelines for me when you wanted to be there and i started pming stuff i started pro- project management setting alarms setting deadlines and expectations and you just fell into line well, yeah it's good to have structure not, not to you, think about you it you were so happy to have someone say okay it's time right now go <laughs> uh, and you guys listened to like we we ended up at the door on time straight into an Uber get there and we got there like three minutes early yeah even it's right before it started to rain I'm done now I delivered him <laughs> <laughs> my job is complete <laughs> uh, that was really funny because you I remember as a kid especially you were so resistant to people telling you to hurry oh, I remember yeah. full on fights with Karen and Scott about like guys as long as it takes to get ready you guys coming and yelling at me isn't going to help if anything this this conversation we've had is wasting time <laughs> for the right you would they would be so mad i could be very condescending when i want to be and so and so i was afraid i was like oh he's gonna fight me on this <laughs> <laughs> no because i was we're our goals were shared that i want to be there on, on time yeah, yeah. and ready to go um, well, I don't want to mess any of it up. I don't want anything to be my fault <laughs> on this occasion. We nailed it. Um, but yeah, we get to the venue and there's still some last minute things to prepare, like uh, missing some items and the quartet arrived. We got a quartet to play nerdy songs uh, um, that weren't out. I remember that. Yeah, and we, I did. And Patrick and your sister especially did a lot of like wrangling little around wrangling, checking on things, looking for things. Yeah. Cause like we then, were, on-stop machine and i had to go in the back when once jolie got there well before that we i was taking photos of the photographer of just me and the boys and my sister and then i had to hide away for jolie to go in the back room so she could and i wouldn't see her in her dress before you know anything happened and mm-hmm. then it was just about getting photos before the the wedding started with as much family as possible and then and then the wedding was uh about to begin and we had our, our officiant, who was a friend of ours, who kind of reintroduced Jolie and I so we could start dating. So we thought it would be appropriate that he would be the person to officiate, and he got it ordained online somewhere. And, he was uh, clearly 
nervous, but he did very well. I thought he did very well because I didn't know how good a public speaker he would be because he loves theater, but he doesn't act himself. So I'd never really seen him public speak before. And I think he did a fine job for being a great nerdy guy. The right length. I think my advice to everybody is like, keep it under 10 minutes. You can control 10 minutes of time. Yeah. Anything that you are asking for disaster. And that was the thing is that we wrote out a full script for him. And we said, you know, and feel free to make it your own, not thinking he would do too much with it. And there was just a couple times where he was going off script. And I'm like, cool. He made his own. I was just really worried while standing up there. Like, is he going to keep going? How, I hope- how far off the road are we going here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Luckily, he never went too far off the pasture. He kind of kept it around the pasture. So I was very happy about that. And this ceremony was lovely. Yes. Lots of crime. German almost. I was so proud of you for hitting that joke in your vows. Oh, yes. In my vows, I basically go through all these sentimental things about Jolie and I being together and how wonderful it is and things I love about her. I love your smile. I love this about you. And, of course, I love that wonderful butt. (laughs) (laughs) So I remember when you did the line with me in rehearsal, I said, okay, you have to roll through that line. If you stop, if you make it a big deal, the audience is going to find it disgusting. But if you roll through it, like it's just any other vow, you're going to sell the shit out of it. <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you got there and you were uh, you were just about cracking up with tears. Yep. And I was like, my God, he's not going to be able to roll through it. It's going to sell so bad. And I could see, I could hear it in your voice that you also knew this. Because <laughs> I was crying too much. Yeah, yeah. You pushed through and you hit it just the way it needed to be hit. And, and everyone laughed. got a big laugh. That was great. And everyone laughing then made me cry a little bit less. And so I could get through the rest of it. Okay. Without, you know, being so teary eyed. <laughs> I was like, don't slow down. Don't slow down. You got this. Make the butt joke. And Jolie had wonderful vows too. And thankfully yeah. she wrote hers all down on notepad pads. just like I did. So we have them saved now on those original forms or putting in our memory box in the house. And, um, we should take pictures of them in case the house burns down or something because <laughs> that can, can happen. As Stephen knows too well, things can burn oh, down. Yeah. Burn down sometimes. <laughs> um, and then the the recession or like when we left, that was sweet and nice. Mm-hmm. Everything went well. No one fell or anything haphazardous really happened. Yeah, it all went up the hitch pretty much. Um, and then we went in the back. We did more pictures, right? Lots of pictures, yeah. So many pictures, different combinations, you know, different people and parents would occasionally come in and out and we have more in the back room. And that was another thing where at where Ashley, Patrick and I were like on the hunt. Hey, go find this person. Oh, OK, OK. <laughs> we go out <laughs> on some relative we met twice. You know, like, yeah. Hey, <laughs> I kind of know oh, who you are. I'll come before I get too far away from it. Uh-huh. You have your uncle Ray and your uncle Mike. Michael. Yeah. Michael, Uncle Michael. So I flat out amalgamated the two of them oh. in a very weird way. I did not remember them as two separate individuals. I remember them both as your uncle that I like, who was the tall, bald per, uh, man. So which one was that? That's Ray with the glasses. Oh, Ray with the glasses, bald gentleman, with the voice and personality of Michael. <laughs> the British guy who. That is literally to the point where Michael introduced himself. I was like, that voice is not for you. <laughs> And I, he'll probably attest to this if you ask. I froze for a good two seconds while my brain was malfunctioning from what was happening. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, but yeah, yeah, my uncle, uncle Michael is the British one from Liverpool, and he loves telling long stories. And he went to prep school as a kid, so he's very proper, and he always dresses really nicely all the time. And then my uncle Ray is his exact opposite, a hippie from Kentucky who went to library school and who's a big philosophy nerd. Um, that was great. It was so funny. Like, <laughs> them and like, oh, you're right. But here's the thing. All my memories of them are like us doing a game night with your parents where we play Boulder Dash or Taboo. So I have those exact same memories of both of them. <laughs> Two different guys. Two different guys. My brain just went, nope, same guy. <laughs> yeah. So then we had the reception. Uh, the we dinner. Great. Food was good. Nice. It was great to be at the head table. Because I just got to go get my food. I didn't have to wait impatiently. Yeah. And thankfully, and the, 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 I my first plate where I was like, I should go back for seconds. And I was like, oh, they're only like nine tables in. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I already have my food. And they brought our food to us. The wedding coordinator brought me and Julia a plate of food. So you guys and they sent us to get our food and you were told to stay. And then Julia at one point just literally went, are they getting us food? <laughs> it's like, yeah, baby, we paid for this. <laughs> but then the guy finally, he hadn't even got, got the plates at that point. I think he got the hint like 30 seconds later. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, brought her champagne, brought us any drink we needed or anything. So it was great. Oh, yeah. Um, Good booze selection. Yeah, we had two bars set up and there was and food then, from our local favorite place called the Hammered Lamb, which has great bar food. But it's like not bar food. It's like fancier food that they have there. It's just pretty nice. And I guess before food, though, you did your dances, didn't you? Or at least some of them? We did our, our we did our first dance before the food came out, um, Jolie and I. And that was really nice. When were the ones with parents? When did that happen? That happened when dinner was mostly finished before dancing was going to begin for okay. real. Um, right. Dinner. We had her dance with her dad and then my dance with my mom. Dan it was Morrison sweet. Song. Just like you. Yeah. And then uh, the dancing began in earnest and that's when the night just disappears for me. It just ended right after that, basically. Right. <laughs> so I don't know what it was from your perspective. Well, we had the toasts in there. That's true. The toasts were like as dinner was still going on. And that, that was the point where, like, I, I said to myself, like, okay, I can't have too many drinks before we get to this. Yes. Um, and we all did toast. It was your sister and then her sister and then Patrick and then Pam and then me. Yes. And you gave a uh, lovely I think, toast. I think, every, I think everyone gave a lovely toast in their own way. Yeah, their own personalities and everything. It just, everyone well, did I it. Both of your sisters talked about things that only they could have talked about. Like their childhood memories with you. So that was like beautifully touching. Yeah. Things like before you and Patrick or Pam were ever around. <laughs> and Patrick, you know, did great. A sweet teddy bear of a man. Oh, he's such a teddy bear. <laughs> uh, and then Pam like talked about you like she was collecting another Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. And I caught myself a Jarman. <laughs> I choose you. And if I listen to this in 10 years, we'll see how things turned out. But my mom commented that Pam's uh, post or Pam's uh, toast was like, is Pam also marrying Jarman? And like, are they marrying? It each was, other? It, I, admittedly, it came off as possessive yeah. in a way that did not fully portray as healthy. <laughs> yeah. Pam, we love you. It was so lovely meeting you and spending time with you. If you listen to this, uh, but I don't know, you, you might have drink drinks or sentimentality mixed in some weird way. <laughs> Because, yeah, it's like it's, she's kind of like the third person in our little trifecta. She was there throughout her whole COVID experience. And so it's like, you know, we've become close friends since she's, I've gotten to know her because she's best friends with Jolie. And um, but, yeah, right. She's like she's marrying both of us, basically. Or it's a, it's a thruple at this point. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just everyone gave very nice, you know, very appropriate. Uh, and I'm not going to say I killed it, but I killed it. Well, yours was a perfectly stern and pragmatic. And, and still sentimental speech. Like you said, Patrick's was very, the emotional teddy bear speech that he would, he would give my sister's mm. was, you know, touching and, you know, it's very sisterly and just all these, those very unique perspectives. I will, I am going to take pride in the fact that I was the only one of the toasters that actually instructed the crowd to raise their glass and cheer you. <laughs> That's true. That's part of it. I'm taking credit <laughs> for that. I was the only one that did that. You can take credit for that. That's true. Bam money. It is a toast after all. <laughs> and everyone else is great but i just realized like nobody's actually raising their glass and doing the thing <laughs> oh and you know i realized i listened to our friend on the uh the, the soul forge podcast sean vanderloo just did an episode about marriages and anniversaries mm -hmm. and his now girlfriend was on the podcast as well talking about at her previous marriages and places she's been to they do the tapping on the glass thing to make the couple kiss and Oh, nobody did that at our wedding, which I'm actually thankful for because that's not a thing Jolie likes. Uh, she doesn't like being the center of attention as much as possible. So I'm kind of glad it didn't happen, but I'm just, I was actually surprised that no one did that because it's a typical thing at weddings. The whole tap the, the plates of the glasses to make them kiss. And so nobody did it, but we got away with it. <laughs> but so once the toasts are done, dancing begins. And that's, I was saying, I need your perspective because it just disappeared for me. I don't know what happened. It was just gone. I mean, I didn't dance too much, I think. And here's the thing. I did, I think I only had five drinks across the whole wedding. So a lot of people danced. It was fun getting to see the dance. The kids go crazy. Clark and Parker. Those are my step. Parker, Parker Posey. There we go. <laughs> Clark Kent, Parker Posey. Uh, 
danced the, the night away. Her family got out there immediately. Your family kind of joined at the periphery. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes they joined at the periphery. Yeah, her family, Jolie's family, the Hearts, they're huge dancers, and they all just immediately rushed the dance floor as soon as dancing began. I'm and like, then Whoa. you and her father and an uncle sang Mac the Knife. Yeah, so her which uncle. Is a family tradition of hers. Her uncle, Greg, uh, he sings Mac the Knife at every wedding for some reason. That's just become a tradition. And I've seen him do it at two other weddings and other her cousins before already. And so the idea was, since Jolie's dad, uh, my wife's dad, he's uh, my father-in-law. Hey, look at that. He uh, is a blues musician. So he's been doing singing blues and rock songs his whole life. Um, And he performs at like bars and stuff right now on the side as well to this day. So we were like, he should sing. And Jolie's, I think it was her idea. It wasn't mine uh, to sing with them as well. And so we let Greg start it off. This is his tradition. And then um, Rick, her dad joined in and then I joined in and I didn't, I used to know that song by heart as a kid. I love that song, but now I've forgotten some of the lyrics. So we, we stumbled our way through it and got, I mean, you guys it. did well. Okay, good. Nobody really dropped out hard at any point, <laughs> but it was fun. We got a lot of applause in the family. It was like kind of inviting me into the heart traditions as well, which is kind of symbolic in a way. So it was nice. But most of the time I was just spending, finding more people to take pictures with, talking to all the different mm-hmm. tables. And so by the time I was done doing that, suddenly it was wrapping up. It was the last song. I was like, what? What happened? <laughs> so I didn't even yeah, do anything. True. By the time we got done with dinner, I think we got done with dinner later than I expected. And so because of that, by the time the dancing started, you're right. It was like a blink of an eye, even though it was like an hour and a half or two hours almost. Yeah. I think dinner did take a long time to get everybody through the line to get their food. Through the line was really the issue. As I said, like we were, I was finishing my plate and looked up and I was like, I should go get more. And they were still like three or four tables away from having everyone go through for the first time. And I was like, Ugh. and that was the other thing is that they serve the cake at the end of the dinners like we wanted to, because they say at a lot of weddings, they'll do cake later in the night, like while like during dancing and nobody notices it. And like half of your cake is doesn't get eaten that you purchased. So we purposely told them serve the cake at the end of dinner before we start the dancing. So people actually eat the cake. But it worked too well because we didn't get any extra cake at the end. Like we got uh, to, we got to try some of it, but usually you get some cake to take home. There's nothing left. There's nothing. So <laughs> I guess it worked. Well, we got the right amount, I suppose. Um, but yeah, and it was just a lovely night. We danced the night away. And then the plan was to go back to the lounge bar at the hotel. Yeah. And the only stinky part was that at the end of the wedding, um, a cool thing that the DJ did was first of all, tell everybody, Hey, it's an after party at the loft hotel. So we need everybody to get out of the venue uh, because the couple is going to have a private dance. And that was actually the DJ's idea. And she does it at a lot of weddings. And it was actually really nice because Jolie didn't want a big um, exit with like people throwing things and giving her all that attention. She doesn't like that. So the idea of getting everybody out, maybe going to the after party, but then we get our private dance. It was really nice to like cool us down. And because we were just go, 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 go the whole night. And then it was just us, the DJ and the photographer, and we had a little private dance to ourselves. And it was just really calming and sweet, and there's good pictures of it. Um, and then we get to go, like, but then the problem was all this stuff still needed to be done before we left. Like, I had to make sure all the vendors were paid and then make sure all of our stuff was being collected and taken out of there. So, unfortunately, I was stuck with doing some of that at the end of the night. Um, thankfully, I was completely sober and, you know, was ready and willing to do it because I didn't want to get us out of there. Um, and Jolie and I got to drive together to the hotel to go to the after party, but how'd you get there? Uh, well, I remember we helped with a few things and then really we hadn't brought our car. We'd Ubered. And so I was like, I can't take stuff. Like I couldn't, I brought a bunch of stuff there, but I couldn't take it. And so we made sure that, that everything had a place to go. Some stuff was going in your parents' car and other vehicles and it all had to be. And once we confirmed that, I was like, I think we're done here. We will see you there. And the last people left in the venue were, well, before before we had our private dance, everyone was leaving, but there was one drunk guy who wasn't going to leave, and that was a friend of the family. We'll call him Ben of Jolie's family. He's not a relative, but a friend of the family. Met him a bunch of times. Real nice guy, but he does like his drink. And so he was staying there, even though the DJ was telling him to leave. And he's like, hey, I hear you guys are going to Ireland, Scotland for your uh, your uh, honeymoon. 
that's cool. I have a friend who's from Scotland. You should talk to him. And he kept going and like, hey, that's great. But we will talk to you later. That's cool. Bye. And he finally kicked him out. <laughs> so and then we had our my three friends, Ethan and Ricky and Josh were the last guys left in the venue. And they were having some kind of dramatic moment. And they were all very intoxicated, you could tell. But they were like, I was like, you guys got to go. This is you're the last people left in the venue. <laughs> we got to leave. And I eventually actually had lunch with Josh the other day and found out what was happening and everything is okay. He was just that it was like an emotional moment meeting with them in a long time. And, but yeah, then we got to leave and go back to the hotel. <laughs> um, we met you there and a good crowd of people showed up. Yeah, it was a good crowd of people. I didn't get really talked to during the wedding. My half brother, Joe and his family were there. Well, um, that was crazy seeing Joe. Yeah. And we told his story on a siblings episode of Sappy Crappy, which you yeah. can go back and listen to. You um, should. But he's just a lot of fun. And I love talking to him and catching up. And I feel bad I can't talk to him more because we have a lot in common. Um, and his wife, Jessica, is great. She's always fun to talk to. And my friend, our friend Christina from high school was also at the wedding. That was crazy. Yeah. And it was her birthday uh, as well. Her- so she was having a good old time. <laughs> yeah, she was. Um, yeah, it was it was a blast from the past. Zach got to meet Zach's wife though. She got sick or something and went home early. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, we were up really late that night, probably until the last people left at the hotel. So that we was, were, we shut that place down too. It was actually really nice doing that though. Cause we could actually talk to people and it was quieter and we could just kind of mill around and relax. Um, and yeah, just have a good relaxing end of the night after all the craziness. And then yeah, it was it over. Was, yeah. <laughs> But no, it was so much fun. And then Anna and I took an Uber back and, I don't know, probably ate leftovers and then fell asleep. You did the hot tub at some point. We did do the hot tub, but I think we did that the next night. Yeah, the next oh, night. Oh, yeah. We did the hot tub. Because that next night, it got, like, bearably warm out. Ah, uh, yes. It was actually uh, not too bad. Because the, the next, next morning, we had brunch at brunch. the hammered lamb. Hammered lamb that was good. And a lot of family big tower thing that was crazy to eat or that (laughs) stacked up high and crazy. The great part of that, that place normally is that it's right on the train tracks. So there's this commuter train thing that goes through downtown Orlando that passes by a lot. And to make up for the annoyance of that train going by the restaurant, they give free train shots every time it goes by to everyone in the restaurant. (laughs) But they didn't do that while we were there. I don't think it was running on that Sunday. So just, we didn't have any train shots, but, uh, but it was a good good brunch, and the, we had the whole back area to ourselves. And yeah. uh, and then that that's where I departed the the scene. Yeah, it was the day after your wedding. You'd been neck deep in family, and I remember that feeling after my own wedding, mm-hmm. where I was like, I just assume I'm not going to see you the rest of the time I'm here. <laughs> Kinda. You have fun being married. Take some time for you two. So Anna and I had the next day and we just kind of explored Orlando, hung out with our friend Kelly a little bit. Yeah. You got to see some of Orlando and the friend from the past. So that was good. And hot tub. Hell yeah. And then yeah. I got to come back to my house that was now full of junk from the wedding. All the nerdy centerpieces that have different themes of, you know, video games and Lord of the Rings and Zelda. They were all over our house and uh, still some of it around today. Uh, we've been we have a cleaning day coming up tomorrow on Sunday where we finally get rid of it. But the, the only thing that's changed is now we're married and I get to call her my wife. And that's so much easier than saying fiance. It's wonderful. It is. <laughs> it is. Now you're just settled. Now you don't have to change it again. Ever. Ever. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to worry about ever dating again. I don't have to worry about um just not having a person to come home to, which is great. That's right. Um, and I'm sorry that people that don't have that, or some people don't want it. Some people are very heavy by themselves. That's cool. I'm Maybe. not one of those people. I'm a person who needs a person. And so I'm that's glad what I you want. I hope that's what you find. Exactly. Not for everybody, but I'm glad I have, and I don't like, I'm not a polyamorous person. I can only love one person at a time. It's enough work as it is. So at most three or four chihuahuas <laughs> or cats for me. Anyway. So, okay. I was, I've, I've been re-listening to sappy crap recently on my commute mm-hmm. and- I listened to one where you were talking. We were, it was one of the seven cars we were talking about, um, like our dating experience. And you talked about Horse Girl. Oh, yes. And how she had so many terrible dogs. <laughs> yes. Well, like, she lived on a farm and she had a very nice house on this farm. 
because she made a lot of money breeding horses and selling horse semen from her stallions that had you know, prize stallions. And so she had this beautiful house that she owned at the age of like 27. And but she had way too many chihuahuas. She had like six and chihuahuas. I'm not even exaggerating. Everywhere, and some of them weren't allowed inside. Uh, and um, so we were talking about, I was like, that's right. No woman is like a six chihuahua woman. Like how many chihuahuas can you put up with? <laughs> You were like three chihuahuas max. And I was like, so Jolie's like a three chihuahua woman. And you're like, yeah, Jolie's a three chihuahua woman. <laughs> I think even three is too much for chihuahuas. Maybe two. <laughs> two. I'm just saying, that's what you said at the time. <laughs> now I've grown into the, the, the two yeah. range. <laughs> I would tolerate that many. Yes. Um, but no, it was very special to be invited. It was such a good weekend overall with relatively low drama. Yeah, and I was thinking to myself, I would have loved to have your parents there and, you know, Patrick's parents and more people that I know. It's just that a matter of it just we had to keep it down to some level because when you open up that next ring of people, it becomes unmanageable. Um, And the part of me wishes that we'd brought our kids. But at the same time, I know we wouldn't have gotten to experience as much of the wedding as we did had we brought them. That's true. When you got your longest first break from your children you've ever had. Yeah, because it's not like, like, you know, with Peter and them where they could leave them with your parents. Yeah, exactly. I sort of didn't have anyone there like that. So we would have had to deal with the kids and we would have had to get them down. Anna probably would have had to skip out on giant chunks of stuff. And we had uh, uh, my adorable little niece, uh, Lena, as our flower oh, girl. She was adorable. Because children were invited, but none of my friends brought their kids because they're like, no, hell no. I, wanna, I don't want to bring my kids to this. I'm like, okay. Nah, dude, I want to have fun. <laughs> So there were pretty much no kids at the wedding. There were Lena, who's a toddler, and there was a, and there a was baby. Like two babies, maybe. Oh, there was like two babies. Yeah, and Clark and and I keep wanting to call her Amelia. I know that's not right. Parker, yeah. Parker. God damn it! It sounded like Clark and Parker. Clark or Parker. Clark Clark or Parker. <laughs> but it was great having my stepbrother there too, because I was at his wedding, and and he's you know they live all the way in Chicago. Um, but it was just you don't get that time very often where all your family's together in one place and. Um, I was a much smaller family than Jolie, but it was great having all the families meet each other because who knows what will happen again. So That's true. it was, it was very nice. It was a very good time. I, I don't think it could have gone any better and we worked really hard on it and we got a lot of wonderful honeymoon money because we didn't ask for any gifts. People just said uh, we asked for them to give us a honeymoon um, funds instead. And so we can actually afford to go to Ireland, Scotland now. Um, very nice. Which is fantastic. And uh, yeah, so. But I think that wraps up this episode of Seppy Crap Podcast. Sure does. The show's still retired, but I do like the idea that we can dust it out when something important happens. When I have that first baby, we'll bring it out. Have that first baby, yeah. Next major life event, we'll break it out. We'll break it down. And we'll bring it right to you guys. That's right. So uh, I don't remember where our, our closer for this was. <laughs> uh, and remember, the good old days weren't always that good. Stay living. My friends, stay sappy. <laughs> stay sappy. Yeah, stay sappy. There we go. Stay sappy, my friends. It's clean. I like that. It's got a ring to it. This podcast was brought to you by A Play on Nerds. <laughs>